Welcome to the Restaurant Marketing Podcast, where we talk about how multi-unit brands successfully market at the local level. Today on the show, we welcome Betsy Ham, CEO of Duck Donuts. Uh, if you don't know them, I'm kind of surprised. They're a donut shop based in Mechanicburg, PA, which is that direction, with over 100 locations where every donut is custom made to order. Prior to her time at Duck Donuts, where she has also had the role of Chief Operating Officer, overseeing operations, marketing, and business development, Sounds like a busy day. Betsy was the marketing director for Hershey Entertainment Company that owns and operates many of the suite attractions, resorts, entertainment venues across Hershey, PA. I'm hoping you guys have all been to one of those. Fun fact, Betsy has met countless famous people from Justin Timberlake, Beyonce, Steven Tyler, and even Dave Matthews. Betsy, welcome to the Restaurant Marketing Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. God bless. What was your favorite ride at Hershey? Oh, um, Sky Rush. Ooh, that is a good one. Do you want a yeah. quick description of Sky Rush for those who don't know what it is? Um, yeah, it's one of the fastest, tallest roller coasters on the East Coast, and you, you almost feel like you're hanging over the edge of the roller coaster the way that the seats are. So it feels a little bit like a free fall type of situation, but very fun roller coaster. That's awesome. Are you, are you a coaster amusement junkie at all? I am. I, I am. Yeah, despite the fact that one of my favorite things that's that uh, Hershey that I did years ago when Stormrunner was a new roller coaster is I rode it 13 times in a row in the front seat for a photo shoot. Don't recommend doing that, but I still love Stormrunner. So. <laughs> We, we will have to have a separate off uh, off podcast conversation about amusement parks. My, uh, I think I did 27 amusement parks last year. So, Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. That's awesome. All right. You're, yeah, you're an amusement park junkie. Good to know. God bless. All right. Well, listen, let's get into this. We like to talk about tactics and how to's and leadership and all that kind of stuff. But so you have a marketing background and now you're the CEO. That does not happen all that often in this industry. How did that happen? That's a great question. I mean, they don't usually let marketing people in charge. So <laughs> um, <laughs> you mentioned <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't. Yeah. Um, when I was at Hershey for years, I, was, I had various marketing roles. Um, someone had told me about Duck Donuts starting um, their corporate headquarters here in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, which is close to where I live. Um, so when I started at Duck Donuts, it was really to build the marketing team. So I had the opportunity to start from scratch and sort of recalibrate the brand that was growing really rapidly and, and coming out of the Outer Banks and becoming a national household name. Um, so as I was doing that role, um, the team was really small. We worked really closely with operations and I'd always worked with the ops teams in my past. So um, had the opportunity to step into the COO role. So even, I mean, they don't usually let marketing people in charge of operations either, right? So usually operation um, and marketing, that's like a that's like a rocky territory right there. Yes. Yeah. So, but I think because even at Hershey, I always had the opportunity to work so closely with ops teams. So I understand the different thought processes between a marketing person and an ops person and, and can kind of be in that middle ground to get people to work together uh, and figure out what's the best for typically the customer experience. So um, yeah, so from the COO role, then when the founder sold a majority of the company and stepped down, then I was promoted to CEO. So definitely has been a unique path. I would have never thought COO or CEO. I kind of assumed I'd be a CMO at some point um, if you would have asked me years ago, but here we are. So far, so good. Well, they all have O in it and O shaped like a donut. So it all works for me. <laughs> good um, point. So you, we, let's talk about markerations for a, a quick second. I was at the Meg last week. I don't know if anybody who's listening or watching was also there, but like markerations was a big hot topic. I thought we'd already ironed this out years ago. I thought we already figured out that like marketing loves to write checks that operations has to cash. Uh, but apparently the the universe of restaurants has not figured this out. How do you guys marry marketing and operations? Like how does that work inside the organization? 
Yeah, you know, I, that's always important, whether it was at Hershey or at Duck Donuts. And I think at the end of the day, or where, really where it starts is from the customer standpoint. So we have to do things that make sense for the customer and the experience that they want um, and desire. So it has to be realistic, but it can't be because marketing is trying to be super creative and innovative, but then operations can't execute on it. So it's really determining first what we're trying to accomplish and, and the why behind it. Um, being creative or coming up with some kind of crazy promotion or operational execution doesn't work if it's not going to do something for the customer experience or driving transactions at this point. I feel like, you know, I don't know how many combinations of donuts could be made at Duck Donuts, but operations at this point is like, I don't know, throw anything at us, right? Like, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. What else do you have? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I have to think about like speed of service and how it's going to actually execute and supply chain issues. So, I mean, we, marketing ops definitely have to be aligned in, in any organization, but, you know, especially with us for being able to actually get the product and get it into the shops and having franchisees being able to execute. Do you have like, is there a line of demarcation like operations wins in the end or marketing wins in the end? Or like, how do you figure that out? Oh, how do I admit that publicly? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, you know what? I think it's it's really having a collaborative relationship. We have a really strong marketing and ops team and, and it's listening to both sides and kind of coming to that that decision jointly. Um, you know, a lot of our committees are cross departmental. So like having operations and marketing, you know, directors, leaders, whoever on those committees to have those conversations, because we want everyone to feel good about those decisions. So I don't think it necessarily leans one side or the other. It really tries to be collaborative. And there's a little bit of give and take from both for sure. Nice. Do most creative ideas start with marketing or operations? Um, you know what? I will say our ops team here is pretty creative. So I bet you it's probably 50-50 now. All right. God bless. In my so, past, go. I would say it was like 98% marketing. <laughs> Amen. So gummy worm stuffed donuts, totally possible. Just yes, saying. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. How important are LTOs to the brand? LTOs are really important. So we've kind of been all over the place with how often we do them. Um, when I first started, we weren't doing any of them. So we started launching them probably a little too many in a year. Um, now, because of really just the supply chain challenges that we were facing the last year or two, we did scale back. Um, so now this this year and last year, we've really been focused on four promotional windows that have that LTO from a flavor standpoint. So each one of those windows or seasons, essentially, uh, will focus on a specific flavor. Like we're launching key lime icing on Monday. That'll be our summer flavor. <laughs> um, and it, the, the assortment then is the popsicle box. So it's all sort of those popsicle flavors that you remember as a kid. Um, so we do try to have the, the se seasonal icing, the assortment, which has pretty much some of the standard flavors that we normally have, um, as well as coffee milkshake flavors. So we're, we're at about four promo windows for this year. How do you, I have so many questions. How do you determine the windows? Are they just aligned to regular seasons or like? Does it yeah, work they're pretty close well? to regular seasons. Like we just wrapped up spring. So that started what, probably somewhere in, I want to say early March, February, February, actually. Um, the summer promotion launches on Memorial Day and that will run to August, which will then, then go into our fall seasonal uh, promotions, which of course is like pumpkin and apple and those standard things. So we are fairly aligned with the holidays from a big LTO perspective. Uh, but one thing that we do really well is holidays and special events and celebrations. So while we have those big overarching 
themes and focuses. And of course, a lot of them tie into holidays. We like to capitalize on all those little micro holidays that happen during that time. Um, so of course, even Memorial Day is something that we celebrate. Father's Day, Mother's Day. Um, by the way, National Donut Day is coming up June 2nd, our biggest day of the year. <laughs> um, so, you know, tying into all of those holidays that happen uh, throughout the year and, and having assortments and, and fun around that is really important to our driving our, our marketing and our brand. How, how far in advance are you planned out on an LTO? Uh, a year. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so uh, they're working right now. They have obviously the calendar through the rest of this year, and they're trying to finalize the calendar for 2024 uh, here in the next month or so. So in a, what you're saying is that in 60 days, I can text you and go, what is the donut that will be available on my birthday next year? Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> Full reveal. My birthday. You get your request now, see what I can do. <laughs> It's <laughs> awesome. How do you measure the effectiveness of an LTO? Uh, so a couple of things. One, of course, is just sales. So looking at the sales of, the, of that specific product um, is, is really the big driver. And then just what we're getting from customer feedback uh, from our franchisees and then even from like a PR marketing exposure. So are we getting you know stronger engagement on social media? Did we get a lot of press for something that was unique and different um, from a PR standpoint? So kind of take all those things into consideration, uh, but obviously sales being the biggest piece of that. Sure. Do you consider an LTO to be like, is that more of like a new guest acquisition play? Is it a retention play? Is it both? Like, how do you see it? Yeah, I think it's both. Uh, you know, there's been some flavors that customers love and they come back for every season. For example, like Apple, we've had for several years. Uh, so we know that gets people to come back. Um, but I think sometimes putting out something new. So, um, for example, say Key Lime or for doing um, chocolate chips, we did many chocolate chips we did last year. I'm hoping that that will catch people's attention and, and get them to maybe give Duck Donuts a try for the first time. Okay, so when you're thinking about marketing an LTO, and I swear we're not just going to talk about LTOs for an hour, but That's fine. you guys have such a complex menu that like it's right. driving me crazy to think about it. Um, when you're looking at, at an LTO and you're looking at measurement and all these other things, how do you think about marketing an LTO? Is it all own channels? Are you doing some paid? Like, how do you how do you get the word out about an LTO? So once we have the, the calendar set for the year, we have those LTOs, um, then we put the marketing plan over top of that from a national perspective. So um, primarily, our, we focus on digital. So social, you know, digital advertising, email, website um, is really our primary driver. So then looking at that plan and that messaging um, and boiling that down. So for example, you know, last summer we were focused on milkshakes. So that was really the lead message in um, most of our advertising during that time. So of course, we're still talking about donuts. We're still talking about coffee, um, but we do kind of layer that in as the main message and then drill down from there. Um, so obviously our team handles all the national marketing and advertising, and then we give our franchisees all the tools and resources to be able to do local marketing. So of course they have, you know, in-store POP is very important, um, especially when it's a new flavor or maybe like an ancillary product, like a milkshake or coffee, where not everybody knows that we sell milkshakes and coffee. Um, so if they go to the shop and they're really there to buy a donut, but then they see this beautiful picture of this amazing milkshake, um, it really helps to drive those sales um, in the moment. So um, that's really how we how we approach it is, yes, that's the national message. That's our big focus, but we still have some other messages we need to push um, and then giving the franchisees those tools because some of them do really well with, with a product, certain products or flavors like key lime tends to do really well in the South, which isn't, you know, overly surprising. Um, so just taking into uh, account where they're located and how that may impact their sales. 
Also, by the way, for everybody that's listening, uh, great espresso at Duck Donuts. I was not I was not expecting that. <laughs> Plus, fry. So nice. make sure you're not just going for the donut. Um, all right. So it sounds like an LTO is really like a lead driving marketing tool. Then it like it you're for a quarter like it's all key lime. Like this is everything yeah, we're talking about. Absolutely, a, this is something new to talk about. Absolutely, and in the photography. I mean, as you probably have seen, our donuts are beautiful, right? So to have this very beautiful sort of drippy key lime uh, icing donut is just, it catches people's attention. So uh, that tends to be the focus as a single donut or a single product um, that I do think is more eye-catching. It gives us something new, new to talk about. It's interesting. I find a lot of brands don't want to spend advertising dollars on LTO. They see it as like a retention or, you know, an yeah. increased AOV type of move, but I guess, you know, you guys are donuts and they're custom made. And so like, that's your thing, right? right. So kind yeah. of saying, hey, we we're doing this, but like we do it all the time. You know, right. Make your own. Yep. And maybe if you don't like key lime, that's fine. We still have all the other flavors as well. So you uh, want to walk around your entire life being wrong. That's okay. You know, <laughs> right. learn. somebody else will learn. Them. Um, you, you mentioned in there like special holidays. So like, you know, I think everybody knows how to market July 4th, right. Or right. Christmas, but like, do you, and you know, how do you think about like what I call hashtag holidays, like National Donut Day or, you know, Sweets Desserts Day or this stuff? Like, does that matter? How do you determine whether those matter or not? Um, yeah, so it's funny, the ones that really have done well for us in the past, you know, we'll, we'll tie in or we'll message anything, maybe just from a simple social post uh, that we think would be a reason for people to buy donuts because they do love to celebrate with us. But this year we started focusing on really probably in the last year, um, there's a National Rubber Ducky Day in January. Who knew, right? Like, but who could promote National Rubber Ducky Day except Duck Donuts? Like it's the perfect promotion. So we did a promotion and it was in January where it was a $12 dozen. And we have never done a price point promotion. Obviously our shops all have varying prices. Um, so we did this $12 duck dozen um, assortment that was available for that day only. And it was a huge day. It was a Friday in January. Obviously January is not our busiest time of the year. Um, you know, people are still pretending like they're on their new year's resolutions or whatnot, um, but it killed it. And it gave us a ton of great PR exposure uh, and just brought a lot of new guests into the shop for the first time, which was really awesome to see. Um, so taking that and figuring out how to find those other holidays, we're not a discount brand. So we are careful of, you know, doing added value or certainly some strategic discounts, um, but doing what makes sense. And, and the next one that's coming up um, is National Sprinkle Day. And we talk all the time about sprinkling happiness. So again, it's the perfect fit for us. Um, of course, every, I guess every product, there's a National Milkshake Day, Ice Cream Day, Everything Day. Um, we do tie into National Coffee Day. We'll do a free coffee for National Coffee Day this fall. Um, but then, and of course, National Donut Day, which is the obvious one where we'll give away a free donut uh, in June. Um, but yeah, it's it's picking out the ones that make the most sense. And, you know, on National Coffee Day, we're competing with the brands who are way bigger than us. And people are so accustomed to going to a Starbucks or a Dunkin' for their coffee. And, and that's great. Um, so it's just kind of owning what makes us different and, and being able to really maximize that. Yeah. I, you know, we talked to a lot of our clients who are like, Rev, what should we do with this stuff? And I was like, well, look, you know, if you're a a fried chicken brand, like, yeah, National Fried Chicken Day, it's J July 6th, do something. But it's more of those other opportunities, like National Sprinkle Day, where it's like, you're not really going to compete against other brands in the space trying to own it. Like, those are so easy to own. Yep. You, know I mean? you know, and even at my little burger shop, like National Tater Tot Day looks like it's the biggest day of the calendar year. Oh. Like, because nobody really does anything. And it's right. easy to win. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And there's just that clear connection. Like there's a clear connection of, okay, why that's duck don'ts should do rubber ducky day. And they, they should do sprinkle day. We talk about sprinkling happiness all the time. We have sprinkles. So yeah, it's just finding those, those holidays that are unique. And, and again, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's Day, all those are great days for us too. But of course we're competing with every other, you know, sweet treat brand um, for those days. So it is, it's nice to be able to stand out because again, we don't have huge marketing budgets. So we have to capitalize on those opportunities whenever we can. So a day like, and I get into this argument all the time, so I'd love to get your take on it. Um, something like National Donut Day, like that's the core of your brand. That's the single thing you sell, right? For us, it would be hamburgers. Like there's always one, right? And, you know, I had an argument with a bunch of, uh, you know, Mexican brands that should they do something for National Burrito Day? And I was like, yes, give away a free burrito. Like, why wouldn't you? And they're like, well, we feel like we should already be part of the conversation. So why should we give away? And my thought was, <laughs> well, if everybody's, celebrating if Chipotle is doing it and Qdoba is doing it and Taco Bell is doing it but like and you're going to be the one that gives away free burrito like you'll win like yeah. that be the go how do you think about that stuff I no, I totally agree and I think back to when I first uh, started at Duck and say we only had 30 or 40 locations um, and they would do the National Donut Day roundups. And of course, it was all the big brands, the Dunkins and the Krispy Kremes and the brands that had, you know, hundreds, thousands of locations. And it was probably it was before we had even 100 shops, we started getting mentioned in those roundups because we were giving away a free donut. Um, so it got us that exposure. And I remember the first time I saw the list with us listed with the big guys, I was like, oh, my gosh, we've made it. You know, we're on these lists. So just becoming part of the conversation and, and being included with brands who are way bigger than us, um, I think was a total win for us. And it got our franchisees so excited. I remember sharing all those lists and, and even some of the um, PR hits and the TV stuff. It just it got us into the conversation a lot sooner. And I think people thought we were a lot bigger than we were all along because of our PR exposure of just participating in those types of things. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to write an article and I'll Google like National Pizza Day, just see what interesting promotions out there. And it's like Papa John's Pizza Hut, Domino's Little Caesars, like, it's not what I was really looking for. <laughs> right. right. And, you know, as, as everyone's discounts have changed or their offers have changed, we're still doing a free donut. There's no purchase. There's nothing else. Like just come in and get a free donut. And, you know, sometimes when new franchisees come into the system, they're like, oh, I'm, why would I give away donuts on National Donut Day? But it's our biggest sales day. So, yes, we're giving away free product, but the sales numbers are through the roof on National Donut Day. So people aren't just coming in and, and just getting a donut and leaving. They're, you know, they're ordering um, dozens of donuts for their office or they're taking them to parties or events. So um, the fact that people want to celebrate National Donut Day with more than just the free you know, cinnamon sugar donuts, huge. So we have to take take advantage of that opportunity. I, th I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it for everybody else's edification. How do you measure a National Donut Day promotion? Like is just store sales of that day or is there something else? Yeah, store sales. So we'll look at how many they give away. And it is interesting. Sometimes you might see a shop um, that gives away a ton of donuts and their sales weren't up a certain percentage. But, you know, we like to see how much their sales increase that Friday versus other Fridays. And of course, we're comparing year to year. Um, so getting the free donuts, great. That gets people into the shop, gets us talked about, gets us great, you know, national exposure. But we really want to see their sales driven, not just that day, but then hopefully there's a halo effect where maybe um, that weekend we usually still continue to see a lift in sales because I think some people are like, well, I don't want to go deal with that on Friday, but I'll go get my donut on Saturday, which is totally fine. We're happy to, for people to come in, um, you know, during the weekend and, and get their donut fix as well. Yeah, I'm the last person to wait in the line. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I just remember <laughs> this is awesome, but we'll go on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I totally respect that. <laughs> All right, well, we've spent a lot of time talking about LTOs and menus and holidays. And this is awesome. I'm going to switch gears for a minute. Um, 
How do you guys as a brand or even at a store level think about new guest acquisition? Like what channels work? What doesn't work? How do you do it? Yeah, new guest acquisition is just, it's really ongoing. One, because we're opening so many shops uh, in a year, we'll open about 40 shops this year. So we're introducing ourselves to new markets all the time. So we have the new guest acquisition in existing markets that, you know, because our oldest shop's been open, what, eight, 10 years um, versus also then these new markets. So um, twofold, one, when we're going into a whole new market is really launching with a stronger and opening plan. It's very heavy digital. Again, we don't have huge ad budget. So having digital advertising that's very specific around the shop um, definitely gives us the most bang for our buck. Um, social media does really well for us. So working on our national social media as well as local um, giving the franchisees the tools and resources to be able to lo lo execute locally is really important. And, and PR is, is the other piece. Like I said, we're, we're really lucky. We have a great PR team, um, but we're really lucky when we're in a market to be able to get that support from a local level, which I think is huge. So that's really been, you know, we've, we've dabbled in some direct mail. We've done some other things. Um, I think, honestly, the, the biggest thing from a new guest acquisition is the community involvement. So uh, when you look at when a shop opens, even in a new market, the the one the franchisees who are out there involved and and you know like grassroots marketing like handing out coupons and sponsoring events and donating to the schools um, that for sure is is probably our most successful um, customer acquisition because then people are like oh I didn't know there was a Duck Donuts or where are these donuts from um, and it's sampling right essentially it's it's sampling outside the shop uh, and getting product to people who maybe who haven't walked into your shop at that point so um, that's really where we see the most success whether it's a new market or an existing market was just trying to drive that new customer acquisition. Awesome. So for the, the local store marketing, the community manager stuff, like, do you have a playbook for that? Or do you just tell the GM like, Hey, go to local high school with donuts. Like, how do you make that happen? Yeah, we do. So we have like a literally it's a local marketing playbook and, you know, it has everything from how to do caterings to how to find those relationships. Um, we use a lot of examples, of course, the best way um, to talk about what we do is to hear from the existing franchisees. So um, we'll take a lot of testimonials or case studies from existing franchisees and say, hey, um, you know, in Chattanooga, they did this. They went into the, to the school and they do this fundraiser and this is how they did it. And, you know, it's just kind of like these hits. We do best practices series. So we'll have several franchisees, almost like a panel, and talk about what they're doing for catering, local marketing, any of those things. Um, again, because I think it, we, we as corporate can talk about the stuff all we want, but it's hearing from the other franchisees, the actual tangible examples of, well, this is what I did and this was the result. And the reality is a lot of it isn't money. It's just time. Um, so, you know, while sometimes the the franchisees might not have the, the money to have a really robust local digital campaign, totally get that um, or do a, a direct mail, but they have the ability to hire someone or them themselves. It's really great when the actual franchisee or shop manager, the face that you see when you walk into a shop um, can go out and create those relationships within the community. That's where they're really going to see the the return on their investment. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you for your Venmo later and then see if you'll send me that book. Um, do you like, is it like, Hey, GM of store franchisee, like you need to spend eight hours a week doing this. Like, how do you figure out like, what's the volume of time that needs to be spent on that? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. We haven't really ever said how much time I know, like our marketing team will push about, you know, being out there weekly. I think sometimes um, franchisees have this mindset where, well, I went out and did it for a week. 
and I didn't see the results or I'm done. I already did that. I already tried that. I've had that. I've already tried that. I'm like, okay, so that's great that you tried it, but you have to keep doing it. You know, it's nothing's ever going to be a one hit wonder essentially um, and and be able to just make an immediate impact and, and be able to sustain that. So, you know, I think that the marketing is all about reach and frequency, right? So how many people are you reaching and how often have you reached them? So I, I think it's the same thing, honestly, from a from a community grassroots involvement. It's continuing to be out there and be top of mind. And and that's probably one of our biggest challenges is, is to be more top of mind. You know, we don't have, we're not on every uh, street corner. So it's not like we always are top of mind. You have to be more intentional. So I think that constant involvement in, in, in the community is really where, you, where you'll see that return. Right. So it's, it's literally like, get out there, pound the pavement. Yes. What, what's keep the point? Keep doing it. <laughs> you have somebody from the store walk into the, like the local fire station with a dozen donuts and like bounce back cards or like. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, especially during COVID when nobody was coming to the shops because they weren't out, a lot of our franchisees just naturally started doing that where they were dropping them off to fire stations, police, you know, frontline essential workers. Um, and, and again, they were doing it because it was the right thing to do and they were supporting their community, but that certainly paid off for those who were like, Hey, you know, duck Donuts was here. They were supporting us, um, you know, and handing out coupons for, for, you know, one donut or a half dozen or whatever it is. Um, but just trying to drive that trial for sure. Cool. And then I'm assuming you're measuring how many redemptions you get per store, et cetera. Yep. Yep. And it, it's interesting too, because we have like a donation line essentially. So you can run reports. Um, and we have a lot of franchisees who do a ton of donations, but that's their marketing. That's what they're doing instead of necessarily spending a ton of dollars is, is they're giving away donuts. They're dropping them off or they're supporting different events, uh, fundraisers. And, and that's their form of marketing is really through the donations and the free product. So if you have a store who's like suffering a little bit, do you call them like more free donuts at fire stations? Like, is that the play? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's, it's what are you doing in your local communities is always is one of the questions. And then you kind of get the well, maybe. So it's like, okay, well, let's talk about some of the ways that we can get, get involved in the local community. Awesome. I'm seriously going to bribe you for that playbook. That's a whole other story, <laughs> but anyway, send it to me on the blockchain, whatever you need, crypto. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, well, we only have a few minutes left here. So I want to make sure we switch gears and talk about everybody else's favorite uh, conversation, which is retention. What are your top channels to drive up, you know, LTV, return visits, AOV? Like, what are you doing? That's been a focus for us. Um, I don't think our frequency is high enough for for our brand. You know, we're averaging probably three times a year. Um, we launched a loyalty program at the beginning of 2020, so right before COVID hit. Um, so that it's been slow to kind of get off the grounds and just have been testing offers. So we've been more aggressive with our loyalty program this year uh, and trying to hit people who haven't been here in six months or you know whatever it is. Just trying to be more intentional with our messaging around that. Um, that's something I think we still need to continue to work on. We have a great email program. Our email engagement is incredibly high. Our open rates like 50%, which is crazy. Um, so how are we utilizing that like one-on-one -on -one communication with people who've wanted to be involved and engaged with us? So um, getting that frequency up is, is certainly one of our focuses this year for sure. And I, I don't think we've completely cracked that, to be honest. The loyalty program is great. That's nice. But right now that's three and a half percent of our transactions. So that's super low. So that's not going to move the needle. Um, from an AUV standpoint. So trying to determine, okay, how do we get more people involved in that loyalty program? That's great, but what else can we do? Um, so right now we're exploring some more like CRM type of um, opportunities for marketing where maybe it is a heavier email text kind of program um, where we know people probably aren't going to come to Duck Donuts weekly or maybe even monthly. I would love to say that um, that would 
would be our goal and, and we can have, you know, 12 times a year for a visitor. But I don't I don't think that's realistic, just given our business model. Um, but if we can get that um, frequency up to five times a year or six times a year, you know, we'll be in a really good place. So definitely something we're still focused on and haven't completely cracked besides the focus on our loyalty program. Amen. Do you, do you have a CDP or a CRM? I assume you do. S no. So where are you looking at? How are you analyzing all your guest behavior data? Yeah. So that's a big opportunity for us right now. So okay. we're, yeah, so we're, I was going to say just really from the loyalty program and from online ordering. So we use Olo. So looking at online ordering ports, but we haven't been um, intentional, I guess you could say with what we're doing with that data. So that's a huge, that's a complete huge opportunity for us right now. Interesting. We do at the single unit burger shop I own, we actually do a ton of that. Oh, nice. We, we programmed our CDP two weeks ago to look at people's changes in frequency so if your frequency is weekly and then three weeks go by and we haven't heard from you, you get to start getting messages, but mm. same monthly or quarterly or whatever. It's that actually worked. Increased our, uh, our AUV per late guest by $7 in seven days. So wow. Holy happy, cow. Happy to share that move with you offline. Uh, so. Yeah. We might need to talk more about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trade it for that local store marketing book. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Betsy Ham from Duck Donuts has been an incredible conversation. I was so glad when you said you'd be, you be know, when you said yes to be on the show. I was like, oh great, here we go. How am I possibly going to even stop at thirty minutes? But uh, you know, for people that are trying to figure stuff out and brands, you know, smaller than you, like, where should they be focused? Should they be focused on retention, acquisition, LTV, branding? Like, where's what's the marketing highline? I mean, it's literally all of those, right? Like that's the hard part is trying to prioritize, but I, I think those all are equally important. So I think just establishing first who your brand is and what you are and what's your specialty and, and who you're targeting, like who's your who's your customer, really understanding that and then what they want to hear and see and what's going to drive them, I think is like the foundation piece of that. And then all those other things you said are all important. So it's it's piling all those on, but who are you? Who are you? What are you doing? And, and who are you talking to? I think is really to make sure that's refined. Awesome. All right. Last speed round question. This was a big one at the Meg. What, uh, what metrics as the CEO are most important to you from the marketing department? What do you want to know? Um, I want transactions increased. That's my focus this year. Not, so not tech because price has been all over the place. So it's, it's, it's how many checks it's transactions and increasing those. Amen. That was actually a top answer on the board. So if we were paying family feud right now, you would have won something. Yes. So, all right. <laughs> Betsy Ham, CEO of Duck Donuts. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank if you guys you. like the show, share this with a friend. If you're watching it live, thanks. We appreciate the live like and share. If you're listening to the audio recording again, you think somebody should be on the show, send me a message. And you think the show was great, share it with somebody else. Betsy, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, bye, everybody.